Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Female Lens. This week, we're talking about Emma Thompson's letter regarding her decision to depart Skydance's animated film, Look. Then we interview the team behind the Women's Weekend Film Challenge. Stay tuned. So this week on Women in Film in the News, we are talking about Emma Thompson's recent letter regarding her decision to leave um, the film Luck, produced by Skydance. It's an animated film, and she decided to leave because Skydance hired John Lasseter, who uh, started Pixar and worked there for decades. Um, and he recently ended his relationship with Pixar mm-hmm. slash Disney. they let him go yeah. in Disney mm-hmm. because of the numerous allegations of inappropriate behavior against him. Yeah. Um, and so she made this bold statement basically saying, um, although she was attached to the film as an actress, she said she's not going to be a part of it because of their decision to work with John Lasseter. She, um, said all this in a, an open letter that was then published and, and made its way um, across the internet. We will yeah. include it in our show notes. Um, but a couple quotes from the letter definitely stood out to us. One such being, if a man has been touching women inappropriately for decades, why would a woman want to work for him? The only reason he's not touching them inappropriately now is that it says in his contract that he must behave professionally, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I think that says a lot. It does. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's Skydance is saying like, oh, it's okay because it's in his contract now that he has to behave. Right. That's the level that we're at with men respecting women is that it has to be in their contract. Yeah, I'm almost speechless. Like, I I really, I I can't believe that. I'm really glad that she so explicitly said Mm -hmm. that in the letter because I think that's what a lot of, you know, when these situations have come up and experiences and circumstances, that is the subtext of so much and and but she just really goes out and says it yeah clearly very bluntly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um another quote from her letter we highly recommend you just read her letter in yeah. totality yeah. it's very good we're pulling out a couple things here yeah. but like really just go for it <laughs> um she says if john lassiter started his own company then every employee would have been given the opportunity to choose whether or not to give him a second chance but any skydance employees who don't want to give him a second chance have to stay and be uncomfortable or lose their jobs shouldn't it be john lassiter who has to lose his job if the employees don't want him to give him a second chance yeah, I think this really speaks to like the nuanced power dynamics that yeah. are so entrenched in the industry and, and in this particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, he has the power. Honestly, everyone else is backing him, really. Right. What and else? I mean... What can they do? No. Yeah. They're, they would have to lose their job. And they're not... You know, what's it going to do if they just have to quit their job that they love? Mm-hmm. Um, but he just gets handed this second chance. Right. And Which, you had made the point earlier that, um, well, I, I was like, ah, oh, she has to leave her job. You know, she's yeah. losing out on money. And you, right. were, you Emma made Thompson. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But she and yeah, she has the privilege mm-hmm. of being able to step aside and say, I'm not going to accept this job any longer. Right. She is privileged in doing that. It's mm-hmm. a lot of money, um, but by doing that, she is really supporting all the people who can't just step up and quit 
just leave their job. Basically right. it's guidance. She, she has that opportunity, um, that power mm-hmm. to make this statement and it's a powerful statement. And, um, yeah. yeah, she really is changing up the power dynamics totally. in this situation that we normally see how it goes where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, the dudes will keep working there. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think overall, and what we've kind of been finding with all these different women in film in the news segments is that it really is the personal action mm-hmm. that makes the greatest statement. Yeah, it comes down to the individual mm-hmm. and all these women who who do have this privilege or are, you know, A-list or celebrity status um, and their word means a lot. They are being very vocal mm-hmm. and using that in a powerful, meaningful way to really stand up and say what they believe in and what they will not stand any longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Vinovore is a wine and goods shop with a focus on female winemakers with hundreds of unique and handpicked bottles from all over the world with something for everyone. Stop by the store in Silver Lake, order online, or join their monthly wine club subscription for a handpicked selection of wines each month, as well as great perks like 10% off all in-store purchases. Check it out in-store or online at vino-vore.com. That's V-I-N-O-V-O-R-E.com. Now here's our interview with co-directors of the Women's Weekend Film Challenge, Katrina Medoff and Tracy Sayer. Stay tuned at the end to hear how to apply to their next challenge in New York City. Thank you so much for having us. I'm Katrina Medoff, the founder and co-director of the Women's Weekend Film Challenge. And I'm Tracy Sayer, and I'm the co-director of the Women's Weekend Film Challenge. Can you explain to us what the Women's Weekend Film Challenge is and what your mission is? So we're a women in film initiative, and we place professional filmmakers on crews that write, shoot, edit, and score a film in just one weekend. Yeah, so when someone applies for our challenge, uh, let's say a female cinematographer, they're immediately given a crew of 25 to 30 women um, that they've never met before, so they instantly broaden their professional networks while making female-driven content in one weekend. Okay, amazing. That sounds awesome. Thank um, you. <laughs> how did you two meet, and what was the catalyst for creating the initiative? So we met originally at a New York Women in Film and Television networking event like three years ago, yeah. and we became friends. I was eating some hummus, and you asked me if it was good, I believe. That sounds on brand for you. She has hummus every day for lunch, so that's I believe that. <laughs> um, and then... In November 2017, I had this idea for a weekend-long film challenge um, with all women in every role of production where we would be putting the crews together ourselves so that people would be working with all new people because I figured, well, most of my jobs come from people that I've worked with before, so... You know, if you've never worked with a female composer, then you're not, you're not going to hire or refer one. And, and then Tracy... She posted this on Facebook on a women's filmmaking um, Facebook group. And within 10 hours, 300 women responded saying like, oh my God, I've never worked with a female director before. I'd love to do this. Or I've never worked with a female composer. I'd love to do this. And I saw all these posts and I was doing um, a lot of event organizing at the time. So I just texted Katrina. I was like, do you need help organizing this? Yes, (laughs) please. (laughs) This looks a lot bigger than the initial idea. And it's just been awesome working with Tracy. You know, it's like we're working with your best friend every day and and doing something we love. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't really feel like work, even though it's a lot of work. (laughs) For sure. We we understand that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Can you so it's 
it started in New York and mm-hmm. all the challenges so far have been in New York. Yep. And now you're looking to expand further mm-hmm. to LA and beyond, I'm assuming. LA and beyond. I yeah. love it. Yeah, this year we're launching in LA and uh, we have plans for Atlanta and a few other film hubs in the future. And what has been the most surprising part of working on the challenge and getting it all set up? Mm-hmm. I'd say just how quickly it's grown. Like it was just, it feels like it's the right time to be doing this. It feels like everything has just meant to happen like this. And so I've been amazed by how quickly people have responded and wanted to help us and uh, just be a part of this. How did each of you become interested in filmmaking and what's your background in that? So I have a background in theater and I moved to New York and I started auditioning for theater and then I started getting my first few opportunities to act in some short films and that was really exciting to me because I I really liked that it was a new story that we were telling rather than you know, auditioning for the same shows over and over. And it was just exciting to me to have this more like collaborative process. And so I started writing and then producing some of my own work. And that's, yeah, that's how I found my way in. I was teaching creative writing. I had an organization called Writer's Work. And um, my background, I was working on a novel and a friend who had sold a few screenplays. She read my work and liked it and hired me to be a ghostwriter on her project. So in a month, I basically had to learn how to screenwrite. And that was something I was always interested in, but I was so intimidated by the format. I I didn't even like think to learn it on my own but like someone else hiring me to do that gave me the courage to really research it and take some time to understand it and I realized like oh this this is a lot more direct this is a lot easier than writing a novel um and I just loved again what Katrina said I love the collaborative aspect of of uh, filmmaking because with novels you work on it for five years by yourself and you don't know where it's going but with screenwriting you get to work with um, an art director who takes it in a whole new direction that you never saw possible. You work with actors who give it so much more life, and it's just so much fun to see what people bring to your vision, to your ideas. Yeah, I totally hear that. We both have a theater background as well. And it's interesting because I feel like when you're growing up and, and you know learning theater and, and being a part of it, it's always like, oh, the collaborative process. But somehow I feel like in my own experience coming to filmmaking too it is just collaboration on another level and I don't know if you feel that way too I was talking with someone else this week about that and it really it just feels so different to me I did um some devised or like ensemble created theater in college which was amazing it was so collaborative it was so creatively fulfilling and I mean there's some stuff like that it does exist in the real world but I wasn't finding it quite as often or easily. And yeah, the filmmaking process, like Tracy was saying, it's kind of cool seeing what all these other talented people are bringing to your project and like, how can you all make it better? What is your vision for Women's Weekend Film Challenge in the future? So we're about to have our third New York-based challenge, which will be April 4th through 7th. And then we're launching in LA later this year, which we're really excited about especially after coming here and meeting a lot of LA-based filmmakers and seeing how excited they are like people have been asking us to bring it here for a while and so we're excited to finally do that yeah and we love just making it better with each iteration we um 
we work with so many women at once, so and then we have surveys, so we immediately know what uh, we get so much feedback and so many suggestions, and we really take them to heart. So each challenge just gets better and better. Uh, I'm curious. Can you talk a little bit about like how the gear works for these challenges and and the financing part of it? Just because that is often the biggest barrier to creating a film, and I mean it's incredible what you're doing. I'm just curious how much you can say about you know, that, that back end part of it. So I'll start with what we have been doing in our first two challenges was um, to really pull our, our resources. So when we would put together the crews, it would be this giant puzzle because we would have this talented cinematographer who maybe didn't have a camera. So we would put her on a crew with a director who had a camera and we would take a sound mixer who doesn't have microphones and put her on a team with a producer who has them. And we made sure that everyone listed in their application what locations they have available. So maybe one person works at a bar and they can use that bar location or one person has an apartment rooftop. So we make sure everyone has some locations. We make sure this is important in New York, that every team has at least a couple cars. Um, and we put the actors on the team too, so that that's already cast. Um, so that's what we were doing up until this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your initial idea was that between all of us, we have enough resources to make a film together. Um, but as we've expanded, Katrina and I have put a lot of work into securing sponsors for this. So um, we're going to be working with Red. They're supplying all the cameras for the New York um, challenge coming up. Uh, we're talking to rental houses about getting um, all the sound equipment provided and the lighting and um so, yeah, the the great thing about working with so many people, we've we've made 17 short films with 300 women. We have a lot of power now and a lot of sway, and these companies want to start working with us, and uh, they want to support women in film. So we get to say, like, we can put your product in front of 300 women. Would you like to support us? Um, so, yeah. Also, we provide um, production insurance for all, for all of the teams and small, small stipends for things like food and transportation costs. So it's free to apply and to participate. And we really want to make sure we are taking away all of those barriers that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, what specific impacts do you hope to make in the industry? And how do you see the challenge achieving this? Well, the biggest thing was that, I mean, our two goals were creating, um, helping women tell women's stories. Um, And then the other one is the networking aspect, which is the fact that everyone's working in the trenches with people. So it's so much more powerful than just exchanging a business card. You're working with them. You see how they work. You see how talented they are. And so people are really hiring, referring, and collaborating with each other so much after the challenge. Like, that was what we wanted, but we've been surprised at how amazingly it's worked. Yeah, like, nearly every woman we've run into since the challenge, since both of the challenges, have said that they've gotten work because of part- their participation. And so, like, we see this really launching people's careers and not just launching them, but like getting them to the next stage of their career. Yeah. Two people have told us that it has launched their career just recently because it was like they started getting so many gigs from these people and that would snowball into more gigs from those people that they met on set. And because if you can make a film with someone in 72 hours, you're like, this is this is a person worth recommending. (laughs) And if you enjoy working with them at two or three in the morning, you know that you can refer them to work with plenty of other people because they they've got what it takes what do you think the future holds for women wanting to work in film so the good thing is that there's a lot of 
talk right now about not only women's representation on screen, but also who's behind the camera, who's making the films. So it's great that that's being talked about a ton. And I mean, unfortunately, even though we're seeing like a lot of great films being made, like we have Ocean's 8 with like eight incredible female leads and you have Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. And sometimes it feels like there's a little bit more of a shift the stats don't show that shift in actuality, which is a little bit... Um, it's almost a distraction. The good, the good breakthroughs make people think that things are changing, but they're not. But I will say, I feel like people are really talking about it now. Like People are calling out when there's a, a pay dis, you know, disparity between the female lead and a male lead on a show. People are really calling that out. And I think there are so many organizations, like grassroots organizations like ours that are working to fix it, and I think it's also about putting pressure on the people at the very top who are making the big money decisions to actually make that shift. And I hope to see more women in leadership roles making these opportunities. Today, um, we just met with someone who I have an eight month old baby and she has a baby as well. And she was telling us that she had to keep the baby a secret throughout the entire pregnancy because she was worried about um, how it would affect her job. And I was realizing like I, I got to bring my baby on set with me because I was in a leadership role. And so the more women in leadership roles, the more women who are mothers as well and understand the those unique challenges, the more women can continue working in this field and not feel like they have to hide the other aspects of their lives from the industry. Well, we end with our rapid response segment, three, two, one action. So we'd love to hear from both of you. Um, cool. Three, your favorite or most influential film that you're thinking of right now off the top of your head? Um, for me, it's recently been Misrepresentation. I watched that uh, two years ago, and that really opened my eyes about the representation of women in, in media in general. And I don't think I would have gotten, I wouldn't have asked to work with Katrina on this if I hadn't watched that documentary. So it was influential for me. Uh, I'm just going to pick my favorite of 2018 was eighth grade because I'm indecisive. I can't pick favorite, favorite, but that was my favorite of the year. It was great. Dream person you want to work with. Oprah, always. Reese Witherspoon. I love that she's making her, she has her own production company, making her own stuff. One, best advice you've ever received. Don't wait around for permission. No one's going to ask you to do something. You have to do it yourself. And to be your own boss. It's been so great having our own projects that we're working on and something that we're really passionate about. And action, what are you most looking forward to right now? Uh, the next challenge uh, this April. And the one in L.A. Yeah. Later <laughs> this year. Great. And lastly, where can people follow you? Your Instagram, Twitter, website? How so can they apply? Our website is womensweekendfilmchallenge.com. Twitter is www.filmchallenge. Instagram is womensweekendfilmchallenge. Yep. And... Um, when you go to our website, you can sign up for our newsletter and you can check off if you are interested in updates about L.A., New York or other cities. Um, and that's when you'll find out if, uh, when applications are open. Yeah, we'll send out an announcement. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for yes, having us. Of course. Thank you. You can find us at afemalelens.com and at afemalelens on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at afemalelens at gmail.com. And you can download the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you left us a review. 
Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos are by Megan Cafferty. This podcast is produced by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell.